Your life's not over. It's time to reach up like never before. Reach for all that God has for you. Stretch forward your faith. You can do the impossible if you'll dare to believe God. Today is your day for spiritual breakthrough, revelation, reformation, reclamation. If God be for you, who can stand against you? A thousand may fall at your left and 10,000 at your right, but it will not come nigh your dwelling. It's time, body of Christ, to stand firm on the word of God and believe the impossible. Today is your day for salvation. Tomorrow's over. Your past is behind you, but your future is shining bright ahead of you. Lift up your eyes. saying today is your day and if you'll dare to believe me I'm going to astound you I'm going to make all your critics tongues fall out of their mouth their eyes are not going to believe what they're about to behold because I am taking you from the ash heap from the dung hills of this life and I am setting you among princes I'm raising you up to reach a generation for me forget yesterday. you got to forget about your past. It's over. Don't let the enemy remind you of your yesterday anytime. God's not speaking to you about your yesterday. He's speaking to you about your tomorrow. Anything is possible. Quickly, I want to go over this. Uh, there are many people that have questions, concerns, about what will happen to the church or what will happen to the world in general before the rapture. And I want to run through some Bible today and just just talk with you about uh, some scriptures, some things that Jesus said and uh, some of the apostles concerning the end times. And the reason is because a lot of people, when they address the end times, they say things in a manner that scares people. Let me move this light. There, I don't know if that helped. There we go. But uh, they say things in a manner or bring up verses and, uh, that tend to scare people. I don't want you to be scared, but I want you to uh, have peace. And look at these words of Jesus. He said in John 33, uh, chapter 16, 33, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace and confidence in the world. You'll have tribulation. That means hardships. Things will come against you. You'll go through life and trials and distress and sometimes frustration. But be of good cheer and take courage. Be confident, certainly uh, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I've deprived it of its power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. So see, Jesus took care of everything for us so that we don't have to worry about anything. So fear is not your portion as a believer. No part of your life should have fear. You should be walking absolutely free from fear, free from worry. There is no part of that that belongs in you or in the life of a believer. If you've been born again, 
See, uh, Bible prophecy can either be confusing or it can be bring comfort when we begin to understand what the Word of God says. And uh, so let's go over some of the chronology of the end time events. You know many of these, but how do they go together and uh, what's going to happen before the rapture of the church? Uh, you know, there are many terms in the Bible like Armageddon, Antichrist, um, Mark of the Beast, Rapture, the Second Coming, the Millennium. But what does all that mean? What are those terms referring to? And uh, let's just jump into it right away. I want to bring a little bit of clarity uh to some of these terms so that you may have peace. The word of God brings peace. So you know that you're following in the will of God for your life because you're operating in perfect peace. And so uh, the next event to take place prophetically on God's prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. There, there, there are no other things that need to take place in order for the rapture to happen. It could happen at any moment. But I want to look a little deeper because there are things that need to take place concerning the Antichrist system and that being put in place so that when the Antichrist arises, by the way, the Bible says, actually tells us where the Antichrist uh, arises from. We understand that essentially he's king over 10 nations, but it says in the book of Revelation that the beast will arise out of the bottomless pit. So the Antichrist is far more than a man. He's literally uh, sent from hell, endued with demonic power, is the seed of the serpent, or the seed of Satan, to rule and reign on the earth for seven years. So 1 Thessalonians, I want you to go there, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, it says this, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Who will? Christ, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. So this is talking about the rapture, and I'm going to show you that in just a moment. The dead in Christ will arise first. Then, after the dead in Christ arise, those that whose mortal bodies are in a grave, remember their spirit, is in heaven with Christ because Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But the moment that the trumpet of God sounds and Jesus comes in the air, he doesn't touch the earth, he comes in the air. It's a signless event, meaning no man knows the day or the hour, although that was a reference to the Feast of Trumpets. The Feast of Trumpets is a type and a shadow of the rapture of the church or the catching away. And uh, the catching away, which we'll look at that, that Greek term in just a moment. But the point is this, that Jesus fulfilled three of the seven feasts of Israel, the Feast of Trumpets, which falls uh, around the Jewish New Year, uh, usually end of September 1st of October, is one of the feasts he didn't fulfill but will be fulfilled at the rapture of the church. And just like then, no man knew the day or the hour because the feast fell on a new moon or when the new when the moon was black, no light. And at that time, 
They didn't predict those things, didn't know. They had uh, people that worked for the, the priesthood out looking and working to decide on if the moon was fully new, if that was the first day of the new month, the first day of the Jewish New Year, and they would blow the trumpet. And the Feast of Trumpets would commence, and no man literally knew the day or the hour. The same is true with the rapture of the church. Then it says in 17, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. I want you to underline that in your Bible. Put it to memory. Caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. So where will we be caught up to? In the clouds. Where will Jesus be? In the clouds. Not on the earth. He'll be in the clouds. That word caught up is uh, a Greek word from which we get uh, many uh, many terms today, one of which is the term harpoon, like a harpoon gun that has a spear uh, you know, with a, a, a hook with a barb on it that is shot into the back of an animal, usually marine life, and it has with it a uh, a rope attached to it like spear fishing, so that once it's hooked, it can be caught up or retrieved and brought back to oneself. This is literally the word that they're using in the imagery that the text is painting for us, that all of a sudden we'll be snatched up and the translation of that word is where we get rapture. It literally is translated into uh, English as rapture of the church. Even though it says caught up here, the term means the rapture. So even though the word rapture doesn't appear in your Bible, this phrase caught up from the Greek means rapture. And it's from the root word harpazio, which is translated rapturious in the Latin. And we don't speak Latin today, so it's translated from Greek to Latin. And then here, uh, or at that time, uh, you know, he, uh, Hebrew or Aramaic into the Latin, which is the language that the Romans spoke. And it mean, and it's rapturous, rapturous. And it's the word from which in English we get rapture. And so after the rapture happens... A mysterious person, a charismatic person, he emerges on the scene, and the Bible calls that man the Antichrist. And the Antichrist, he institutes or begins a seven-year period known as the Tribulation. Now, I don't want to get into that too deeply today, but the first three and a half years of the Tribulation are moderately peaceful. Everybody votes for this man. The event that causes the Antichrist to be able to emerge on the scene, is the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church plunges the world into such chaos that people are clamoring, governments are faltering and falling, and everybody's looking for a solution, and they all turn to one man who comes on the scene, and he's known, as the Scripture calls him, the Antichrist. And so uh, first the rapture, then the Antichrist, uh, then the Great Tribulation, which is the last three-and-a-half-year period of the Tribulation. And that's where things get really tough for everyone that's left here on the earth. And so that's kind of how things fit together. That's kind of the timeline, an overview. Uh, but the Tribulation, it begins, it's peaceful, and the Antichrist deceives people. 
He is a, a global leader. You need to think of him as a global leader that is able to perform su- supernatural works, supernatural signs, wonders, and what many people would call miracles, people being raised from the dead, et cetera, et cetera. And he deceives people and he brings a temporary three and a half year global peace. But ultimately, the final three and a half years are a meltdown where many are subjugated and killed and there are you know, judgments that are sent from heaven, et cetera, et cetera. And the Bible says that it's through peace that he'll deceive many. And all of this culminates with the battle of Armageddon. It's fought at the end of the tribulation period. And then is the second coming of Christ. So the second coming of Christ is not the rapture. It is an event that happens after the rapture. So let's talk about it like this. Uh, The rapture and the second coming are distinguished like this. The rapture is at the beginning. The second coming is at the end. And in the rapture, he comes for his church. And in the second coming, he returns with his church. So first, he's coming for his church. That's the rapture. Secondly, he's coming with his church to pour pour out final judgments upon all of those that remain, Satan, every fallen angel, every demon, every person that's currently in hell will be judged and placed into the lake of fire. In the rapture, he comes as a thief in the night, the Bible tells us. But at the second coming, every eye will see him. And that's interesting because when Jesus uh, goes down to the River Jordan and his cousin John the Baptist is there baptizing. John says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus comes and says, I want you to baptize me. And he says, I'm not worthy to baptize you. I'm not even worthy to unlatch your shoelaces. However, he baptizes him and something happens at that moment. A voice from heaven is heard saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit deforms, or excuse me, deforms, (laughs) comes down in the form of a dove. It's not a dove. It's like a dove, gentle, kind, and rests upon him. Okay? And Jesus is led into the wilderness. Well, when that event happens, the Bible says, if you read through the Gospels carefully, you'll find that some heard the voice of God speak. Others thought it was the voice of an angel and couldn't distinguish what was being said. And then others said there was an earthquake. So there were many that only recognized something happening as it affected the natural world. There were others that recognized it was something supernatural, but they could not distinguish what was happening. Yet there were some, a few, that heard the voice of God and understood what was happening. And so in the rapture, he appears as a thief in the night. In the second coming, every eye will see him. So it's my personal belief that when the rapture of the church happens, that only those that are in Christ and the dead in Christ will see him and will hear the trumpet of God sound. And others will be caught unaware and not know what has happened. Many will think, what has gone on here? I don't understand what's going on. And that's why many are pumping and priming humanity uh, for a so-called alien invasion. I believe this is not in the Bible. It's my personal beliefs. So after Christ returns in the second coming, he returns with judgment. Then the millennial reign is set up. That's a thousand year reign. Incidentally, that's what Hitler was trying to set up with the Third Reich, a thousand year reign. But we understand that he was uh, certainly possessed by demonic powers and was operating uh, 
uh, underneath uh, under the leading of Satan. And then finally, after that, New Jerusalem comes down from heaven to earth. And so that's kind of how it all takes place. But the next thing that will happen is the rapture, and it can happen at any moment. So we got to be ready. But what are the things that will happen before the rapture? Well, there are many scriptures, and I, I don't want to get too deep, but some of the things that have happened in 2020 woke up a lot of people. People are looking at the uh, pandemic and all of the things that came on the world, the pestilence and now famines and there are earthquakes, uh, you know, in, in many places. Iceland has had many earthquakes. Uh, they're evacuating. In fact, they had uh, over a thousand earthquakes in, in the span of just two hours recently. Many villages have already been evacuated because the earth is starting to open up and, and they know that a, vol- a volcano is soon to erupt because magma is already beginning to flow out. And so the question is, are we there yet? Is this the time for the rapture? Is this going to take place right now? Well, it could happen at any moment. It could happen at any moment. It is a signless event. However, this, I believe, is not the end, but it is the beginning of the end. Because when Jesus told about all the signs that would take place, he said there would be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, uh, in diverse places, there'd be famine and pestilence, nation will rise against nation, et cetera, et cetera. And then he said, but the end is not yet. And that's the part I want to key in on. Have we reached the place where the church is going to be taken away and the tribulation will begin? And uh, I believe that we are at the beginning of sorrows and not at the end of of that period when the church is taken away and the tribulation begins and the Antichrist arises on the scene. Now, what the, what is the span of time between the beginning and the end? Is it days? Is it weeks? Is it months? Is it years? Well, I don't know, but I know this. Just like things have begun to speed up over the last 20 years, 25 years, if you've been alive, paying attention, especially if you are a Christian, and you're paying attention to everything that's happening, you know that things are speeding up, that things are happening much more quickly today, globally, and certainly for the church than they were happening, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, 20 years ago, but certainly 25 years ago. And I tell you, Uh, that as we get closer and closer to the coming of the Lord for the church, the rapture of the church, things are going to speed up even more. Things are going to begin to happen even more. So have we reached that place where the tribulation could begin? Well, we just read to you from 1 Thessalonians. However, uh, John 14, 1 through 3, talks about how we're going to be in heaven with him, and it alludes to that. We're going to be there with him. Things are going to be taking place here, but we're going to be in heaven. And the rapture will take place suddenly and without warning. First Corinthians uh, lets us know that. Uh, in First Corinthians 15, uh, verses 51 and 53, Paul writes, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised to incorruptible. In other words, a glorified body. And we shall be changed, for this corruption or this flesh uh, 
must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on in, in immortality. And so Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians. We see that it's going to take place, and we have that hope, knowing that through the blood of Jesus Christ we'll be saved. But what will happen? Well, def- following the departure of the church, we know that that world leader comes on the scene. Daniel, if you go in the Old Testament, chapter 9, specifically verse 27, uh, talks about how the Antichrist will make a covenant or a deal with the nation of Israel at first, and and the tribulation's begun. And it's true that there's nothing that, that has to take place for the rapture of the church prophetically. However, we also have a brain, and uh, we can look and understand the things that are going on in the world. And is that system in place, or is it at a state that it could be put in place rapidly in the moments and in the days, I believe days, maybe weeks at most, following the rapture of the church, so that that system is in place, galvanized, those nations are in existence, those ten nations, and that they will essentially anoint a king, uh, a world leader, that uh, is from the bottomless pit, that, it, that is known as the Antichrist scripturally. Well, first of all, Ezekiel says that the Jewish people will return in Ezekiel 36, verse 24. There'll be an ingathering or a regathering of Israel, uh, and they'll come back and become a state again. That has taken place. So there is a Jewish people there. They've become a nation again. They're there, and they're there for the Antichrist to make a covenant with. See, that couldn't have happened before 1918 and 1948, specifically when they became a nation. Uh, and and so uh, the Antichrist's arrival, uh, while the time of the rapture of the church is, uh, is at hand, prophetically on God's time calendar, uh, is... Is the world ready for the arrival of the Antichrist? Is that ready? Now understand that the Holy Spirit is the restrainer of Antichrist. So we understand that when the Holy Spirit is taken from the earth, which happens at the rapture of the church, that at that moment what is restraining the spirit of Antichrist, and in fact the man Antichrist, will be removed and things will happen rapidly. However, things have to be in place to some degree before he returns. Remember, uh, that Antichrist, he's going to emerge from what is the old Roman Empire in Daniel 7, 23 through 25. You can read that. Also, Daniel 9, chapter 9, uh, verse, I believe it's verse 26, but go there and, and look, the whole chapter, Daniel chapter 9. And we see that uh, the world, and specifically that empire, needs to be groomed. It needs to be ready spiritually and politically to make a covenant with Israel. And so many of the things that are happening right now with Israel, the war that's taking place, I believe is setting the stage for the world to say, hey, we got to make a deal with Israel. And so things are happening very rapidly. All right. And so... uh, I have so many notes, but I don't want to get too deep into this because I want you to understand that the most important thing, yes, there'll be pestilences, just like we saw in 2020. There'll be more of that before the rapture of the church. Yes, there'll be famines. There'll be more famines, more food shortages. There's going to be wars, more wars than you're seeing right now. 
Yes, Taiwan and China are on the brink of a war. Yes, Russia and Ukraine. Yes, Israel and Hamas and others, other places in the world right now that you're not seeing covered on the news are at war. But there'll be more wars. Nation against nation. It literally means ethnic group against ethnic group. Are we seeing the revival of that kind of stuff take place? Yes, but it's going to tick up to another level and things are going to be happening rapidly. Why is this happening? Because the earth is moaning and groaning in travail because the kingdom of God is being birthed up on the earth. And all of these things are happening. And, uh, and Christ tells us about them so that we're not deceived. How could we be deceived by being distracted? You can be deceived by being distracted. Anything that takes you from your place of worship is a distraction. Anything that takes your mind and your focus of your life off of Christ. How's my mind and my focus taken off of Christ? Well, it's taken off through fear, worry, anxiety, through lust, through trying to get focused on other things. Don't allow anything to take you out of that place. It's important that you stay focused on the main thing. So what is the main thing? Because Jesus said all these things will happen, but the end is not yet. And then he says something so very important. And, uh, and I, I want you to, to get a hold of this. He says the end is not yet. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the ends of the earth. In other words, every nation, every tribe, every people, not a nation just like China, but all people will hear the gospel of Jesus that he is the only one found worthy. He's the spotless lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And it's not about your own works, that it's uh, by grace, through faith, you're justified because of the blood of the lamb. And at that moment, when the gospel is preached to the ends of the earth, then, then the end will come. And so as we wrap up 2023 and as we prepare for 2024, we have to remember that we're called to be salt and to be light and to testify about Jesus Christ and what he's done for us and what is available through him to the world. And as we do that, we are hastening the coming of the Lord. So the thing that you need to look at, the super sign, besides Israel becoming a nation again, that is the key, the super sign in modern history concerning Bible prophecy, but concerning the rapture of the church and its nearness, the thing that you need to look for is the advancement of the gospel to every nation. And the gospel cannot be advanced without revival. As the gospel is preached, it brings revival. It brings supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles. That's why I'm telling you, and, and I wanted to post this today. I haven't yet, but don't steal it. Just share it when I put it out. But before his arrival, speaking of Jesus, before his arrival, there will be a revival. The greatest revival the world has ever seen is taking place. Yes, there's falling away. Yes, people's hearts are waxing cold. The love of many are waxing cold, et cetera, et cetera. But there is a revival. So are we there yet? Are we? Is the world ready for the tribulation? Is the world ready for what will take place after the church is taken away? And the answer is yes and no. The time of tribulation is coming. 
It's coming very soon, but it's coming at the end of the gospel reaching the ends of the earth. That has to take place first. So anyone that's listening to this, I want to invite you, first of all, if you're not saved, to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Because the thing that will send you to hell is not sin. The thing that will send you to hell, certainly there's a sin problem. But the thing that will send you to hell is not accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because Jesus came to pay for the sins of humanity. And all you have to do is accept him and he becomes your spotless sacrifice. You have to. That's why the Bible says every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. So don't wait to that day. Do it now. Do it now. And then I want to invite you, if you're not a part of reaching people, if you don't understand that the heartbeat of God is evangelism, the heartbeat of God is preaching the gospel, the heartbeat of God is missions, locally and world missions, it's evangelism that I want to invite you to get synced up with the heartbeat of heaven, the heartbeat of God, and begin to reach somebody today. Don't let this day go by without you telling somebody about Jesus Christ, your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, a stranger on the street, someone in the grocery store, sharing with them the love of God, but also the message of the gospel of Jesus. And finally, I want to invite you not to be troubled, not to be worried, Remember, confusion comes from Satan. God's not the author of confusion. I want to invite you to fix your eyes firmly upon the Lord and to trust him prayerfully, to trust him, to consider Jesus Christ the source, the author of every good and perfect gift, and to lean on him. In fact, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 3 and 5, lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Don't be anxious for anything, but make your requests known to God, whose peace will guard your hearts and minds in Philippians 4 and 6. And finally, in Isaiah 26 and 3, to trust and keep your mind on God, who will keep you in perfect peace. So see, peace is available to you today. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, peace is available to you. The words that Christ has spoken, the words that are in the Bible, they're there to bring you comfort, joy, peace. They're there to put an end to fear, worry, anxiety, to deal with and to handle every problem in life. There is nothing as a born-again believer that you should be afraid of, anxious of, worried about, or anything else, because Jesus, he's the answer. So quickly, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, if you've never repented, I want you to quickly pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I love you. I come to you today. Forgive me of every sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Deliver me. Change me. Fill me and use me for your glory. Let me never be the same again. Today, I believe that you are the son of the living God, that you wrapped yourself in humanity, became flesh, lived and died on a cross for me, that you rose again, ascended unto heaven, and that you're coming back for me. I'll never be the same again. I'm never going back. 
but from this day forward, I live for you. I make you the Lord of my life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we celebrate with you. That's the beginning. But there is more for you. Find a great spirit-filled Bible-believing church. Be baptized in the wonderful, precious name of Jesus and begin to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit because that's your promise and power will come to you from on high to live as a witness for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I want to invite you to join us. Come out, 908 Camden Avenue, right here in beautiful Parkersburg, West Virginia. Tonight, Wednesday night at 7 p.m., it's going to be awesome. I'll be there. I'll be ministering. And I hope everyone that's watching will join us as we get into the presence of the Lord and go deeper than ever before. I love you. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and give a rating. To learn more about our ministry, go to bradfordministries.net.